welcome to Expounded Universe, Season 6, Episode 4, Stuff Actually Happens, for Droids. The book, Planet of Twilight, by Barbara Hambly. The year, I don't know. Chapter 7 and 8, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go. Drag me to Taytel. Oh, my jerk-off motion is one of the endless. I mean, or, you know, you can just cover R2-D2 in flesh. <laughs> Welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars novel discussion podcast. I'm your host, Jeff, joined as always by my other host, John. Yay. Yeah, he isn't the host for you guys, just for me. Yeah, I'm he's, your host. He's my own private john ho <laughs> Uh, There's a comma in there. You decide where. <laughs> uh, how you doing, John? I'm so good. I mean, that's not true. I'm very tired. Yeah. But I'm so good, comparably mm-hmm. speaking. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is my first episode back. Yay. For anyone who didn't know, uh, Jeff was in the hospital for like a week. Yeah, I spent a week in the hospital for heart failure and kidney failure. Uh, if you're looking for the full story and you're one of our listeners and I don't want to explain it on Twitter anymore, uh, what actually happened was I have some ho- overproducing glands attached to my adrenal glands that spit out way too much of some hormone uh, that causes my blood pressure to raise. So when I walked in there, I had the blood pressure of two normal men. It's true. Uh, literally, I had more than double the, literally, significantly more than double the healthy blood pressure. Yeah. And I thought I was there for something else entirely. Uh, You're like, oh, I just have a cough. Yeah, I had a fluid in my lungs, and it was bothering me. Um, and then I spent a week in the hospital while they desperately tried every kind of medication they could to get my blood pressure to come down. Turns out you had the death seed. I had, yeah, the death seed plague. Uh, too many death sticks, folks. Not even once. <laughs> Never do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I'm okay now-ish. Uh, apparently I have the heart of an 80-year-old man. Uh, Don't know where I got that from. But. Yeah, that's. I didn't want that. <laughs> Just brought it home from the hospital, though. Yeah, well, you know, they were just handing them out. And my actual official de- uh, diagnosis is acute heart and kidney failure. So there you go. There's the full story. Yeah. I'm on so many medications. I feel a lot better, but the medications routinely just take swipes at me. Well, yeah. I mean, this isn't really the uh, the place to go into it, but, yeah. uh, you know, if you want to hear more. Subscribe to Afterthought, because I'm pretty coming, sure it's... Coming at the end of this yeah. month, we're going to have Afterthought. I'm almost certain I know what your topic is going to be. Yeah, my topic's going to be like a tight five on hospitals. I have so many thoughts on hospitals right now. Oh, yeah. you got to have thoughts on hospitals. But the important thing is I'm back, and you can't stop me from reviewing stuff, so don't even try it. Don't don't yeah. you try. Yeah. Not even death can stop me. <laughs> uh, I will keep reviewing old Star Wars books and role-playing games and boob movies and all the things that desperately needed reviewing yeah Mm -hmm. up in heaven god will be like could you please just stop (laughs) and i'll be like no no god you put me back on earth because there's so many more star wars books (laughs) (laughs) or i'll crawl down there myself (laughs) there's no more room in hell (laughs) it's too filled up with old star wars books (laughs) that's what it is that's where they dumped all of them was Mm -hmm. hell Bantam Publishing quietly opened up the gate to hell they keep in the back office. Satan was like, oh, whoa, hey, now. Oh, this that's is, a little much. This isn't cool. We've read all of these. Come on, now. <laughs> all of the authors of these are here. 
<laughs> Even the ones that haven't died yet. No, they just come down there for they, they summer there. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Doing so well these days as authors, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know how the printed word is doing mm-hmm. so well right now. Yeah, that's that's uh, Barbara Hamley probably tip top. Let me tell you, <laughs> tippity tops. It's, she's definitely deserving of our scorn and ire, <laughs> and not just some hardworking author trying to make a buck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hard scrabble, salt of the earth author. That's what she probably... No, no, we're assuming she isn't that. We think she's probably some ivory tower hoity-toity made a billion dollars off writing Planet of Twilight. Obviously. I think that's that's our assumption. Don't that's, co- that's what I assume is correct. Don't correct us on that, of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. I assume her kids go to a private school so private it's just like shaped like a dick. <laughs> It's so private that you have to bribe your way into it. Yeah, that's the only way in. That's the only legal way to get in there. Yeah, privatins, they call it. Shaped like a dick. <laughs> ah! <laughs> uh, he's in the ball wing. <laughs> the ball wing. One of them. Yeah. <laughs> I got these ball wings. Yeah, I got two ball wings. <laughs> You'd think they'd be ballrooms, you know, for like private dances and proms and stuff, but, but no, no. They're ball wings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so... Chapter seven and eight of Planet of Twilight uh, are more of Planet of Twilight. That's that's for sure. That's for goddamn sure. Nah, God, I mean, at least chapter seven starts out with some droid business, and they get to move their own personal plot along. That's true, they do. Whereas the rest of chapter seven and all of chapter eight is... Like, some stuff happens, but nothing moves the plot forward. No, it's just a little bit of spinning them wheels. Ugh. Well, the Chapter 7 does, however, have a pretty promising opening. Uh, we are back on board. What's Bortrek's ship called? Do you remember? The Pure Sabacc. The Pure Sabacc. Thank you. I haven't checked on that in a while. Uh, they're on board the Pure Sabacc, uh, our R2-D2 and 3PO, uh, having been captured by the Bortrek, lazy Captain Bortrek, who I believe we have decided is an orc. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I mean, Bortrek is just a great orc name. It's a really good orc name, yeah. Yeah. So so Bortrek hit... Well, we, we start with 3PO, who's still kind of fucking standing around in the hold, just valuing things, because he just does that at neutral. Yeah. I mean, Bortrek's like, hey, uh, you, come with me. Yeah. Come on up to the to the, to the cargo. Come on up to my place. Yeah. He wants, he wants uh, 3PO to I'll give to you candy. <laughs> I'm going to give you candy. And 3PO's like, I am not familiar with this song, Master. <laughs> also, I do not consume candy. <laughs> I take everything literally to comedic effect. I am a droid, Amelia Bedelia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you realize that BDLA is pretty much Amelia Bedelia's droid name. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he, he's brought up to the uh, the cockpit by Bortrek, where he sees three, uh, R2 in, in a horrible state. Yeah, that's some real, like, droid body horror going on here. Mm-hmm. He's got all of his panels have been ripped off, mm-hmm. and, like, cords are, like, coming out of the console and into R2. His legs have been chopped off and are sitting nearby. Yeah, well, thankfully they've just been removed because they're going to get stuck back on in the same chapter. So everything's just been neatly di- disconnected from R2, and he's just sort of a... Like a laptop now. He's been converted into, a, I guess, a tower case. Yeah, he's pretty much just turned into, like, a beepity-booping sad boy that's mm-hmm. just plugged into everything. Yeah, he's just a plugged-in fire hydrant now. It's a, it's a sad situation. Uh, it turns out that Bortrek is basically using R2 as his ship's computer now. I guess because an R2 unit was more powerful than the ship's computer he had in the first place. 
So, uh, well, yeah, he had mentioned when they first came aboard that like something had happened to his nav computer. So he had like ripped the, uh, the thing out of their ship, but then was also just like, yeah, fuck, I'm just going to use this R2 unit. Yeah, so basically R2 is now a Nava computer and also completely linked into the ship's functions and Yeah, he's way. really linked in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, R2 wants to uh, to follow you on LinkedIn or be friends with you on whatever the thing is. Whatever LinkedIn does. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't want jobs. <laughs> <laughs> My LinkedIn profile is the worst. My LinkedIn profile, I think, barely exists. And yet LinkedIn will continue to send me things like, hey. I'm pretty sure someone you know knows somebody on LinkedIn. I'm like, good for them. Yeah, what correct. do I care? I'm sure I'm glad that my friends are succeeding. Look, it's really important to me that I make this podcast about Star Wars. <laughs> Look, that's great that you've got business connections and all, but uh, I'm doing all right for myself. I'm reading Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I live in a friend's house. <laughs> <laughs> I, I live at, at the uh, admittance of someone else. <laughs> I am allowed to gain a residence to their home. <laughs> oh, provided I keep my laundry out of their machines whenever they're home. <laughs> provided I do not show my face. <laughs> but do show my penis. <laughs> yeah, I walk around pantsless with a mask on all day. <laughs> That's very eyes wide shut of you. <laughs> it's so eyes wide shut of me. I just have a nice little, like, uh, pig mask and then an open bottomed robe. <laughs> Night Ranger playing all loud. <laughs> uh, you live on our word. <laughs> In- indeed. <laughs> yes, master. So, uh, 3PO is I'm supposed to be charmingly dumb throughout the course of this chapter. It Boy, is, howdy, is he. It is, it's hard to get a handle on how much you can hate 3PO. But like, so, Bortrek is basically just going like, hey, you got to... Give me, you're going to tell me how much the shit I stole is worth. And he's like, oh, I already calculated that. Mm, yes, I've dude. already calculated the value of everything in your hold. Not to, to, to peg to the standard blue registry index at the moment. Yeah. Of course, I'm out of date because you won't let me connect to the internet, but only a few hours out of date. <laughs> let me get the Wi-Fi password. Yeah. <laughs> Bortrex big balls. <laughs> four, 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 four. Thanks. Great. I can't wait to type that in. Uh, so... Yeah, yeah, 3PO is just unwilling to comprehend what's going on. Like, he knows he's been, you know, stolen. Oh, yeah, but he's he is just 100% complying with it because he's like, oh, if a human tells me to do something, I do it. Mm-hmm. Like, he is very laws of robotics at this point where he's just like, well, I can't harm a human. Yeah. And if a human tells me to do something, I do it. I mean, imagine how irritating that would be as, like, an actual droid feature because someone owns C-3PO. Yeah. He's, he's assigned to Leia's diplomatic envoy. That's like his actual ownership at the moment. Exactly. Right? So, But if anyone can walk up and be like, you, come with me. I own you now. And he's like, mm, yes, indeed you do. I couldn't possibly argue with that. Uh, yeah. No, he like tries to argue with Bortrek about like, but we're owned by Princess Leia Organa Solo. And it's against protocol for you to take us. And he's like, shut up. I don't give a, I believe the phrase is a Ranat's sneeze who owns you. Yeah. Um. So there's a, there's a species someone looked up. Yeah. Uh. It, it, but yeah, and three PO is just constantly cowed by that sort of thing. Like you think he'd be he'd be all okay. Well, if you're not going to return to my, me to my owner, I'm going to manually shut down. Yeah. Like okay, just turn off. Now I'm useless to you. I'm just a chunk. Um. But instead he's just like, oh, very well then. I suppose if you yell at me enough, I belong to you. 
Yeah, he's like, oh, well, we've been kidnapped, and that's that's all there is now, R2. Mm. I'm a weak and cowable boyfriend. Ugh. So, Bortrick takes 3PO down to the hold, and he's like, all right, let's separate things into piles for some reason. <laughs> they were already in boxes, and, and now, yeah, at, at this point, he's ordered 3PO to come down with him. There's a point where he threatens to take 3PO apart that I thought was pretty worthwhile to discuss. Where he's like, he's like, if you don't do what I tell you, I'll break you down and sell you for scrap. I know our two or three PO units are worth a very great deal, even when they're broken down. Yeah, he's like, ooh, you're expensive, but I'll sell you for parts, even if I get half that much. And he's like, actually, I would be worth like twenty six thousand credits normally, and for my parts, only four thousand. And I'm like, what happens when you take him apart? That lo- is it the programming? Do- if you take him apart, do you also have to wipe his memory or something? Well, I mean, if you take him apart, he's just chips. I mean, it's the same thing like. If I sell the doors off of a car, I'm not going to get a whole shitload. But if I sell a whole car, I'm going to get way more. I, I guess it depends on if you sell it all to one guy or not. Because if you're like, hey, man, I completely took a car apart. Do you want to buy it for like 50 bucks? And you're like, fuck, yes, I do. Because that's a $25,000 car. I'll just have it put back together for less than the value of the car and everything will be fine. But uh, I, I mean, we, and also we've seen 3PO come apart and get put back together. So we know that as modular as he oh, is. Oh, he's basically fucking Lego. Yeah. So this this thought this thought that he gets less valuable the more chunks you tear off him feels silly to me. <laughs> and it's a significant loss. Yeah. He's worth like 10% of what he uh, of what he's worth put together. So uh yeah. They go to the fucking hold mm-hmm. and they're uh moving boxes around and Bortrek is getting hammered. Yeah, he's getting increasingly he keeps drinking and he he's getting increasingly purple it, it of course, it's purple the same way we had uh, Lando being purple a few books back, where it's all through 3PO's perspective, and so he's just describing it literally, because, ha-ha, aren't scatolo- scat- uh, scatological jokes funny when you describe them with tweezers? Ha-ha-ha. Yeah, it's all just like talking about how, oh, well, you know, the probability that all of these various people would be out to get specifically this kind of smuggler seems unlikely. And plus, he's spending all of his time expressing doubt as to their correct ancestries and, and also impugning the the, uh, the food choices of their parentage. Yeah, it's Th- just that, kind of thing, it's you know? that for yeah. pages. Just pages and pages of that. Uh, at a certain point, I really deep in his cups, Bortrek starts launching into a description of synth droids again. Because apparently that's just the going concern. Yeah, everyone's just super into synth droids. And he's like, man, I wish I had synth droids instead of you, you piece of golden shit. Uh, I'd fuck a droid. That's the important thing to take <laughs> away here. So he's really pr- he's really excited about synth droids at first because they They'll are... do what you say and not talk back to you. There's that, which any droid would do if you programmed it to do that. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the fact that uh, they are controlled remotely, he seems to think is super interesting. Yeah, well, that's what he's talking about. He's like, oh, because they're controlled remotely, you just tell them to do a thing and they figure out how to do it and don't say anything. Which is weird because you'd think the central brain computer could, would probably develop some kind of personality and you'd be like, mm, no, snap, snap. Also, this order came from several light years away. I was going to say, honestly, it feels like everyone's super impressed with the whole central brain thing, but I go... Man, wouldn't there just be a lot of lag at that point? Yeah, it feels like to if me I like go, a- "Hey, go pick that thing up," and they just sort of stand there, and then five seconds later, they're like, "Oh yeah, okay." I don't understand why that's the big selling point for these things. I mean, uh, imagine a fully modular droid unit, like co- completely autonomous. R two works no matter where you put him. He's a great unit. He does the thing. He does the things he's supposed to. He's self powered. It's incredible. Also, consider this one. It's got meat all over it, and it has to remain within a certain range of the light of, of a hub. Yeah, it's just well, a worse thing. It's. The only reason that works is because they're like, oh, we don't have to put all of the 
machinery that would normally allow something to have an AI mm-hmm. brain. So they're like, that lets us have it be the actual size of, you know, whatever sex bot you want it to be. Which is weird because you think, all right, how much space do you need for this autonomous AI system? I don't know, probably the brain cavity, maybe some of the chest cavity and stuff where you don't need organs because it's a robo. Like, it's... It's weird. They're like, oh yeah, the 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 amount of verbo brain it takes to build an, a three PO unit is huge. And I'm like, no, it fills a three PO. Yeah, one three PO's yeah, worth. It's a three PO's worth because that's what a three PO is. You could put a thin layer of meat over a three PO, and he'd basically look like a slightly chunky dude. <laughs> and if you're into that, yeah, great, no problem. If you're into a slightly chunky, mostly sassy, kind of effeminate dude, mm-hmm. then great. And if you're like into a football-sized hump of flesh that whirls around on the fly and goes meep meep meep, then great. Put some meat on a mouse droid. <laughs> then, then great. You you are interested in me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, old John. I feel like you'd be more like a boxy rectangle droid. Like, uh, can you say gonk? <laughs> gonk. See, look at that. You'd be a, you'd be Bob Gonk droid. Bob Gonk droid at law. <laughs> also, I kind of look like a squared off thumb. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but yeah, the 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 core takeaway is that he would fuck them. Yeah, he's he's like first he just kind of goes, they'd be so much better than you. Also, you could get them to look like whoever, and then I'd do them. Yeah, well, specifically, he wants them to look like some Holovid star he knows Yeah, from Coruscant or something. He's like, I want her to look like Britney Spears, and let me tell you, brother, I'd fuck her eight ways from Sunday. Yeah, and of course, we don't actually hear that. It's, again, just 3PO being like, I don't know why a human would want to copulate with a droid. It makes no sense to me. How does he not know that? Wouldn't be that an important part of protocol training? Yeah. That humans will fuck whatever. <laughs> like, or in this look, case, orcs. Your, your human-droid relations, you gotta understand, humans will stick their dick in anything. His, pro- his title is literally human-cyborg relations. He has to understand human-cyborg relations. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> Come on now. I'm talking about intercourse. I'm talking about sweet, lay down by the fire, love making. What I'm trying to say is that at some point in his history, someone's fucked C-3PO. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is <laughs> C-3PO should have programmed within him some fucking Teddy Pendergrass. <laughs> some Luther Vandross. <laughs> like, that guy's got to have some baby making music on board. He does. Remember that? It's What a, a man! Solo! What a man! Solo! <laughs> My spore glows iridescently in this in the wind light or whatever his long shitty poem he knows was. Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, he did write several thousand verses about of what a man solo. It mentions in that book, which means presumably there's several about his dick and balls. <laughs> Just I mean, at least several. Uh, I mean, what else are you gonna write about? I mean, once you've gone through the first five hundred verses, you're like Man, I gotta start getting real specific about this. What a man, Solo. Let me tell you about his cum gutters. <laughs> He's got wing balls. <laughs> and ball wings. <laughs> God damn it. So, anyway, yeah. Th- there's a long rant about how uh, this dude would fuck a droid. Uh, sort of. There's a long rant about uh, of him that in which 3PO wonders why he would be willing to engage with a droid, which has no obvious procreative function. And obviously, I've never heard of sex for pleasure. <laughs> God, every time 3PO's point of view is like, how did you get this job? Yeah, everything about him is dumb. It's like he's the world's smartest language droid, but they forgot to put context in there. Ugh, it's weird because he's supposed to be a protocol droid. Yeah. He's not a translator droid. Yeah, protocol literally is the understanding of context. Yeah, and yet he is the worst at that. Yeah, he, d- he has none of it. 
Uh, anyway, eventually, uh, this dude. Oh, we also get a name. I, I was. They were going to head to the planet Selenon, uh, where they were going to meet with Sandro the Hook. That yeah. was the name of the of the dude, and and I, I'm trying to determine if Hook is a species. I know Hook Hook is a species. Hook, because that's the big... I know Ren Hook. Yeah, well, Hook is a species. It's these big ugly dudes from uh, the the old games, the uh, the MMO game, the Mo games. Yeah, I forget who gets a Hook as a friend. I think it's like a smuggler or something. You get a Hook, and it's this big fat, looks like a walking around type hut. Yeah, one of them walking around huts. Yeah, that's pretty much what it, what they are. But no, humans walking around hut. This is just <laughs> this is just Sandro the Hook. Presumably, he hates Sandro the Pan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> obviously. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Bortrek passes out. Let's yeah. just, let's get to the point, huh? So my Bortrek, fault. Yeah, Bortrek passes out because. Uh, the air mixture has gotten very light on oxygen. Mm-hmm. And then he gets a message to 3PO to yeah. come up to the bridge. Yeah. And the door for the uh, little room slams, opens and shuts. All of this takes forever. Like, everything in this chapter takes forever. Because you got to deal with 3PO protesting everything. Yeah. So, I mean, the actual, like, for reals action that occurs here is 3PO disconnects and rebuilds uh, R2-D2, back to where he was, almost. Almost. There's still some chunks stuck on him that he couldn't figure out how to get off. Because, John, they are affi- affixed with space tape. <laughs> and the uh, the whole thing is him just refusing to understand mm-hmm. that R2 would do this on purpose. Yeah, R2's like, alright, so here's the deal. I cut off the oxygen to Bortrex so he'd fall unconscious. Now I'm going to hold him hostage until he's willing to drive us home. Uh, and 3 people's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. He's not going to like it that you've taken away his oxygen. Once, he, once be- he wakes up and he tells you to open the door, and you do, mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously, when you do that, he's going to be so cross with me. He's and going to just hook you right back up. I don't know why rebuilding yeah. you. It's like we're not going to let him out, stupid. And 3 is like, of course we're going to let him out. He's going to ask us to let him out, and then we will. He's a human. <laughs> or an orc. I don't remember. He's, he's some kind of half-orc. <laughs> so so that's 3 big or R2's big plan. Uh, because he's been patched into the ship's computers, he just takes over everything and cuts the oxygen to uh I still don't guy. understand. The only reason, like, they wake Bortrek back up, essentially, and let him go to the bridge mm-hmm. because they still need him to get them out of hyperspace. And I don't understand why they need that because he makes the jump to hyperspace without a pilot. Yeah. Now this is really important. The the R two was able R two was able to order three PO around to the point where he was able to jump to hyperspace. But apparently both of them are such incompetent pilots because they aren't designed to be pilots that it's not safe for them to fly in a ship around themselves. Yeah. And they basically have to hold Bortrek hostage yes. in order to get him to land on a planet. Now, the, the problem I keep running into with this, John, is I remember a large portion of the last two chapters of uh, Shadows of the Empire were dedicated to R- R2 and 3PO uh, poorly flying the Falcon around. Yes. Like, flying it around upside down and running it through, like, Coruscant window washing lines and shit like that. Oh, yeah. You know, two guys moving plate glass, a lot of watermelons. Fruit carts. (laughs) Uh, My cabbages, someone probably yelled. Like, But they flew a goddamn Millennium Falcon. Yeah. And I have to imagine that just bringing a ship down for a shitty landing in some planet somewhere Mm -hmm. 
should be something they could do. And the other problem you're going to probably be thinking to yourselves right now, and a large part of this relies on the joke that I consistently tell at the beginning of these episodes, that I don't remember what year this book came out. I do. It's from 1997. Shadows of the Empire is from 1996. The canon line indicates that that she should have known that, yes, these droids can fly spaceships. Uh, I also don't know where she's getting they can't at all ever fly spaceships from. Yeah. Like, even if you discount, maybe she had no idea about, you know, uh, like any of the other books. Mm -hmm. Why she would get it in their head that, like, oh, no, droids, they can't. They can't do anything. It's, it's just for the story. It has to exist just for the story. But, but yeah, I mean, R2 is literally a co-pilot. That's like his reason for being. Also, I'm going to go ahead and disagree that it needs to happen for the plot because their plot is literally, we got kidnapped, then we weren't. Yeah, it's true. You're right. They could have just knocked him unconscious. Like, and none of home. this mattered. Yeah. In the long run, it was just, we landed on a planet. We could have just dropped our dumb dropship onto a planet that we were in, but instead we had to spend two chapters dicking around with Captain Orcface and his dumb bullshit. <laughs> dicking with Bortrek, by the way, is a great sub show. <laughs> and now dicking with Bortrek. <laughs> I'd fuck a droid. <laughs> I express doubt as to your ancestry. I'd fuck a pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess he'd fuck a droid. But anyway, they wake him up by, by flooding some oxygen into a chamber uh, and... Basically, 3PO is forced by R2 to hold this guy ransom, or yeah. hostage, where he's like, uh, I, I'm terribly sorry, all human who I would let out and, and gladly give a handjob to in the moment, <laughs> if, if I were to think that that semen would be used to procreate later. Ah. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, but but uh, the other droid won't let you out of there unless you agree to fly us home. And if you don't, then he'll just knock you unconscious again. He'll just murder you. Yeah. And then we'll just send out a radio signal to the Galactic Patrol. I don't know why we didn't do that in the first place. I'm not even sure what the Galactic Patrol is. Who does that? <laughs> Who is the Galactic Patrol? Is that the, is that the New Republic or something? What, what is that? I, do, I certainly don't know. The Galactic Patrol? What is that? Some sort of new wave band? By the way, we, we shouldn't leave out the part in this chapter where uh, R2 asks 3PO to find the dim switch and hit it. Yeah. And art and three PO has to launch into a litany of things that dim means in what's seven a, different languages. What's a dim switch? The only thing that I have that's dim is, and here's like five different words it, that are it's, dim. It's the Nalroni word for small brown shelled insects. Great, thanks. Great. You know full well that's not relevant right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, aren't you? You're literally you're a context droid. Please, <laughs> please, for the love of God, please, <laughs> please R two or three PO, no more shtick. <laughs> please, please R two. Please, C-3O, just don't. Just nothing. Just please. No more. No more. Shtick. <laughs> it's so old by now. Shtick is the Gamorian word for a type of bird. Ah, ah stop it. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> I know full well what I'm doing. <laughs> now for my love poem about Han Solo. Ah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, they do successfully convince Bortrak to fly them back to Nimdrovis, where he lands... Let's them out and flies away, swearing the whole time. Yeah, uh, they've barricaded themselves in an airlock uh, such that he can't force them out into space or do or get at them in any way. And if they if he does anything that they don't like, they'll cut off his air. Yeah. So he lands and lets them out, and there you go. That's the Bortrek saga. He leaves, so presumably we're done with him. I I would be amazed if he manages to show up again. It would be very impressive. Yeah. Uh, but there you go, Bortrek. There the you go. <laughs> Basically. 
two chapters worth of wheel spinning, and even then, it's the most forward momentum we get in these fucking chapters. Hey, maybe this shit matters. When they leave, uh, 3PO or R2 is still all nailed up and taped up with, like, extra spaceship parts. Yeah, he's got, like, a weird little box out the side of him and mm-hmm. whatnot. Yeah, he's all clanky and... and, and uh, uneasy on his wheels because he's got extra junk like taped to the sides of him yeah i got extra junk taped to the side of me you know what i mean no i don't (laughs) (laughs) well you should i walk around in this mask with my dick out we're not at your weird friend's house (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i mean i'm over there from time to time and i am very curious about the weird junk taped to the side of you but i still don't understand it i mean mean, that's a weird demand It's a. I demand you understand it. I will acknowledge the weird drunk tape to you, but you should not ask for more than that. <laughs> so the last little bit of chapter seven is we get uh, some Luke business. Yeah, he's hanging out with uh, the person I made a big deal about mentioning the existence of in the previous chapter for no good reason. Umali Darm. Yeah, Umali Darm is basically the person who knows who comes in and out of port and has come with him on the journey to the the uh the city that where the library was uh and the port records so she's she's looking through the port records to help him find any evidence that Callista has come down to the planet but while she's looking they have a long discussion about lightning storms yeah well one happens basically while they're there yes and so we have to have a whole thing where he's like what it what is this Uh, it just happens sometimes but it's better than the force storm and then we have to get him being very sad about having caused a force storm. And also the fact that the people on the planet know what force storms are and refer to them by name. Well, apparently they were a thing for about a hundred years a while ago. Yeah, like 80 years ago was the end of about a hundred year period of force storms happening all the time. And then they stopped and no one knows why they started or ended. Yeah. But now uh, people are like, oh, man, I thought these... Light, ground lightning storms were bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, force storms, though, let me tell you. Let me tell you one thing. You might be a redneck if you know the difference between these two kinds of storms. These storms, yeah. well, one makes my knee ache, yeah. and well, the other tapes junk to the side of me. <laughs> one of them takes out Buldrum Juldrum's computer or something. I, I didn't write the name down, but the first name was definitely Buldrum. Some Buldram. guy Some named some guy Buldurum. Named, yeah, some guy named Buldurum. Uh, so she does after a little hemming and hawing and talking about old timers and what have you with lightning and four storms come up with, yes, at about eight months ago, a person by the name of Cray Mingla showed up on planet. Yeah. Cause the basically just, uh, going off of the descriptions like, oh, the only female of that size that showed up recently was eight months ago. That is one of the things we track in our records of who comes on and off planet. Is yeah, the we relative just height and weight. We the, put down height, weight, yeah, description, mm-hmm. all of that. That's that's important to us. Yeah, welcome to customs. Do you have anything to declare? I'm five eight and blonde. <laughs> Thank very you. Good. And if you'd step onto the scale here, very good. Thank you. All right, let me get your inseam. <laughs> uh, I need to know what you think about the difference between chunky and smooth peanut butter, sir. <laughs> Uh, I think one's chunky and one's smooth. That is correct. Ooh. All right. Anime this, is blood. This guy <laughs> This guy checks out. This guy gets it. Yeah. <laughs> so but but uh Cray Mingla was the name of the of the doctor whose body Callista took over. Which, you know, you need that for some bad backstory because we didn't cover that book. No. 
the fact that it was like, oh, the name was Cray, it has to be her. And I'm like, I don't know what that means, but sure, why not? It means the name was crazy, John. It's modern slang. <laughs> that name's Cray. <laughs> she had that Cray name. She came down and gave the name as Cray Cray Mangala? What? Cray Cray Mangala? <laughs> Now we're straight into Nazi territory. Oh no! We gotta be really careful with this last name. It's 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 Mingla, Mingla, Mingla. Maybe even Mingla, just so that we don't have that G in the wrong spot. Mingla, yeah, Mingla. There you go. I barely know La. That's that's probably. <laughs> I barely New Orleans. <laughs> so there you have it. Uh, she definitely was here. Thought Luke. I have to get to her. I have to. I gots to. Come on, man. Calm down. There is the point here at the basically towards the end of this where he lets us know that he went into a straight, like, depressive, semi-suicidal fugue when Callista left. Same. <laughs> yeah, after you finished reading the book where Callista left. <laughs> you were like, where uh, Callista left by, I, I don't know, who would write that? Shel Silverstein? Perfect. <laughs> where the Callista left is my favorite Shel Silverstein book. Ah, oh, that wasn't the direction I was expecting, but I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's like, oh man, I know that I had purpose, but I just couldn't get out of bed in the morning. And I know that like the Republic and my students and Han and Leia and everyone need me, but... The world seems dark and meaningless without her, and I really just I listen I listen to the Cure a lot. Uh, I got real sick of disintegration, and boy oh boy, did I eat a lot of space noodles. Man, it was real bad for a while there. I remember my uh, my aunt Baru used to sing me this song that was real fucking depressing, and I don't know why she would do it. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm letting you describe all of this part because you're the one who understands space depression more effectively oh, yeah. than I do. But I was like, oh yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, I'm, a, I'm up to speed. Yeah, no, this is this is accurate. This is your your bog standard depression. Did you play all the way through Final Fantasy VIII again? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I just played the card game. <laughs> Just played triple triad for weeks. That's it. That's all I did. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't deserve good face cards. <laughs> yeah, so he spends like a page and a half describing clinical depression. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, but now, now that I, can, I know she's here, I can breathe again and all will be right with the world. Everything's great, he thinks to himself. And then, oh, by the way, this is also the final point where we learn the name of the village that they've managed to get out to. Ruby Gulch. They're in Ruby Gulch, and then he goes, wait a minute, I sense a Jedi. Holy shit! <laughs> and that's the end of Chapter 7. The other thing that gets mentioned in Chapter 7 that I really feel like we need to talk about at some point is the tavern that, that exists in Ruby Gulch. Oh, no, that shows up it does, is in it more, 8. Is it more in 8? Okay. Yeah. All right, that's fine. Uh, but before we can talk about the tavern in Ruby Gulch, Chapter 8 opens on Princess Leia again. Ugh. <sighs> Man, this is the story of a girl who's stuck in a hotel room for fucking seven chapters in a row. Yeah. Every time we check in with Leia, I'm like, did we need to? We could honestly just not have checked in with her at all. And I mean, the, we did, the we, plot would be exactly the same. I think the last time that was true, this time we learn things. I don't know what they mean yet, but we definitely learn things. I mean, all we learn is that some doctor 
or whatever is afraid of things. Well, it's Legaeus. Legaeus, the the dude who's been nice to her. Uh, but he's when when we join up with her, she's still all high on Sweet Blossom. Yeah, they essentially give her a pitcher of water that is laced with Sweet Blossom, and she has been putting herself on the verge of dehydration mm-hmm. just so that she doesn't get too fucked up on Sweet Blossom. Yeah, she's been dumping it off like the balcony of her room so that people don't... Because the, the, they'll also check the pitcher to make sure she's drinking. Yeah, but the, the uh, planet they're on is super hot and dry because it's just rocks. Like, literally, this planet is virtually translucent. It's just all made of see-through crystal chunks. Yeah, it's just a crystal desert. That's it. Yeah, so pouring water on it is a really good way to get rid of water. Yeah. Uh, so she's been doing that a lot. But through the haze of the Sweet Blossom, she manages to hear Legaeus talking to a synth droid. Yeah, and he's just like, hey, synth droid, stand out in the sunlight for 15 minutes a day. Yeah. And uh, also, the very opening of the chapter is just the phrase, they've unleashed the the uh, the Death Seed. Yeah. I, I guess because vi- the synth droid visibly has Death Seed plague all over it. Well, the, well, the Death Seed plague can't, like kill them because they're just droids mm-hmm. uh it does end up like necrotizing their flesh yes because it's actual like organic flesh that has been molded over them so while they aren't dying from it it's still fucking their flesh up yes so he's making this droid stand out in, in the sun for 15 minutes every day uh and we don't know why yet we don't i'm not sure if that's propagating the disease out into the town or if it's keeping the disease at bay i mean you would assume that it's just keeping it at bay because they're, yeah. like, sending these droids out to other places. Because we found out last time that uh, that fucking space station above whatever the shit had the Death Seed plague in it as mm-hmm. well. Yes. So, I mean, they've been using these droids in more than just the kidnap attempt. Yes, the droids are showing up everywhere. It turns out that synth droids are very good for doing evils with. Yeah. Um, but this one is being ordered to stand in the sun for 15 minutes a day. Uh, and Leia, while she's standing there, can see down and see the necrotized droid flesh, and it's all gross. And Legaeus has a creepy conversation with Dezim. Yeah, Dezim's like, oh, you seem so comfortable giving orders to these synth droids. Remember your place. Buzz, buzz, buzz. I'm so creepy. I'm a bug disease or something. I'm some kind of weird uh, disease bug monster. I'm the Oogie Boogie. Ugh. Uh, but yeah, it, they have a little back and forth, which ends with the most comically overdrawn threat the, that I've seen in a Star Wars book in a while, where Tazim says, yes, okay, very good, be confident, but remember, there are 24 hours in a day, and only 12 of them are light. Yeah, well, he, like, sticks to the shadows, so apparently he can't go out in sunlight? Yeah, he's a bug vampire disease, man. So, I, I mean, that's why I'm thinking that his particular disease thing is killed by the sunlight Mm -hmm. so like if he goes out in sunlight it'll fuck his shit up that seems to be the case yeah but also he's like hey uh as a threat if you don't like the fact that i fuck up these droids with the death seed maybe next time i'll use you as a delivery system yeah and he's like oh would you prefer i take sustenance from the people of the town and the droids or from you so presumably infecting people with the death seed is like keeping dizim alive yeah, it's, like, I, I have to imagine that it is, I, I can't even imagine, because, like, propagating the disease feels like it shouldn't nourish him in any way, and yet, from what we got when he was uh, 
sending the Death Seed Plague out on the, like, uh, two cruisers. Mm Mm-hmm. He was all, like, orgasm face when people were dying, so I have to assume he gets something out of it. Yeah, he must be getting something out of it. Maybe it's just sheer joy at the prospect of murdering folks. Boy, he just loves a good old-fashioned murdering. He's just taking joy in his work, that's all. <laughs> just, he enjoys what he does, never works a day in his life. Mm-hmm. Never has. <laughs> <laughs> but if you teach him to fish, <laughs> then he got a fish and gave it the death seed plague, and then came. <laughs> and shitted and farted. <laughs> he just did all the bottom stuff. <laughs> all the lower half stuff. All all that stuff. Yeah, he just did it all at once. That's what, that's how he does his yeah. thing. Dazeem shitted and farted and came to his pants. Mm, and peed a little. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. We should have called this chap- this episode that. You shitted and farted and came. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, the two of them have a little threat off, and then Legaeus shows up to visit Leia. Yeah, and Leia... Leia's, you know... High as balls, but still manages to have, like, some coherent thought. Mm-hmm. Like, and she's basically trying to sympathize with this dude. She's like, oh, it looks like you're a prisoner here just as much as I am, huh? And he's like, I can't comment on that, ma'am. Just drink your sweet blossom. Oh, well, I mean, I mean, Powerade. Please, please drink this Gatorade like a small child. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I miss drinking shit that fast. <laughs> You just take that glass of water to the nug, and you're like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> now I sound like that when I'm breathing all the time because I'm fundamentally broken. That's uh, true. Okay, so anyway, uh, he comes in, and they have a brief conversation where she's basically start- starting to turn him to her side. Yeah, because she is pretty much the only one that shows Legaeus any amount of uh, like kindness. Yeah. Because he's just sort of used to, like, Seti Ashgad and Dazeem and all these people just being huge assholes to him and bossing him around. I also can't imagine that Beldorion is especially nice. No. So the fact that anyone at all, especially Leia, who is currently being, like, drugged and held hostage, Mm -hmm. would be like, hey, if there's anything that I can do to help you out, you let me know. I won't be able to do it because I'm fucking high as balls, but just let me know. Yeah, and he's like, hmm. Doesn't say anything, but he, he stops for a moment when she says basically that, and he's like, hmm. hmm. Yeah. Yes. And then leaves. So the, this, the, I guess that's as much wheel as we're going to move this chapter. For yeah, her. I mean, if at some point he's like, oh, I guess I'll help you try and escape. I stopped putting the sweet blossom in your water, and now mm. it's go time, then that'll be nice. I'm sure the next time we see Leia, will be like, oh, and by the way, uh, Legaeus has moved to Lakeview, Florida. <laughs> You shall not hear from him again. Anyway, stay in this hotel That's room with this picture of That's the human version of uh, Farm Upstate. <laughs> Move to Lakeview, Florida. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's fine. He just moved to Lakeview, Florida. He's very happy there. He gets to run around. All the kids are like, yay, Lakeview, Florida. And all the adults in the room are like, ooh. Oh. Oh. You don't. You hate to hear that. <laughs> I don't even know if there is a Lakeview, Florida. <laughs> I mean, there. I'm sure there is. There has to be. Well, I mean, there's Lake Lind, Florida. That's true, there is. Uh, I- anyhow, what's up with Luke, says the chapter, because we certainly don't want to do any more Han and, and uh, stu- Han stuff than we have to, apparently. No, Han has had one chapter in the last, like, nine. Book. In the last book. Yeah. Jesus Christ, book. Come on. Let's get some more fun action happening. Luke is going to, basically seeking out the Jedi smell he picked up he's floating across floating around the place as if he was a hobo who had scented a delicious pie yeah and you know i get that because he's like "Ooh, a jedi if there's jedi here 
then they'll probably know something. They probably trained Callista. Yeah, that makes sense based on the no evidence I have. Uh, so I will say this. This bit of the chapter is probably the most interesting. Mm -hmm. Neat and good is what I was. I, I read this chunk in the hospital and I was like, hey, now I don't hate this part. Yeah, this is probably the best chunk of the book. But again, comes to nothing and does nothing. <laughs> Well, it teaches us a little bit. So it turns out that he finds a Jedi after all, but by asking around in town, uh, specifically at the tavern that we really got to talk about the name of. Uh, Go ahead, John. Based on, okay, first of all, the thing you got to know is that there's a lot of local uh, low moisture grazing animals from import uh, or uh, settlers. Yeah, we've got the Koopas. The, yeah, the, the, the Brahmins, the, the, all these various animals. That, oh, the, and the, the, and the, the Blurds. The Topedos, the Blurds, all these things. And he's currently staying at the Blue Blurred of Happiness. I'm really sad it isn't the Blue Blurred of Blappiness. <laughs> I, <laughs> I would have been more amused by that yeah. rather than reading Blue Blurred of Happiness and then putting the book down and going... <sighs> I'm sure it didn't help that at the time that you were trying to read that, I was busy playing uh, soundtrack twos, which yeah. I'm sure. I mean, pr probably it took me forever thing. to fucking read through these chapters because every time I was reading something, you're like, "Hey, here's the dumbest song," and I'm like, "Thank you, Jeff." Well, that, I mean, when I was when I was in high school, I was briefly obsessed with uh, soundtrack twos, which is more soundtrack released for a single movie. Oh yeah, uh, like Mortal Kombat had. Mortal Kombat, More Combat, the second soundtrack. Hey, I mean, even up till Moulin Rouge had a second Moulin Rouge soundtrack. Yeah, but uh, I, I think none of them are ever going to top the fact that I owned, personally, in CD form, three soundtracks to the movie Hackers. <laughs> Which, man, why? <laughs> <laughs> so I was just having some fun digging around on those because I did the reading. I mean, what else was I going to do? Yeah, I know. Watch Stars all day. Fuck the hospitals. Fuck stars. hospitals forever. Okay, so uh, anyhow, Luke yeah, the goes blue to blurt this, of happiness. <laughs> Luke, Luke goes to this fucking house, and he is in, uh, he finds it in the old-timer section of town, mm -hmm. and he describes the house as basically being like, he got pointed out what Seti Ashgad's house was, mm -hmm. and he's like, oh, this is the bullshit fucked up version of that. Yes. Like, yeah. it's just, it's, like it's the white stucco thing, but everything's run down. There's all sorts of, like, creeper vines all over the place. and Yeah, so the... basically the same Fancington house that Seti Ashgad get for being a big shot in town, but whoever lives in this one doesn't care about upkeep and doesn't have any money left. No, all the, like, solar panels are knocked out and everything sucks. Yep, yeah, it's just trash. And then he knocks on the door and it's opened by sort of a beautiful woman? This is this is what's rad. This is an interesting thing because I also can't tell if this is her using the force it or if she's way. like just use like she's got some weird plastic surgery thing going on. I don't think that's the case. I think it's a mixture of the force which she is good at but not amazing at and then later on drugs. Because th this chapter also features Luke doing what Leia did 6 chapters ago and being like like, oh, I remember every drug in the world, and this is that one. I know drugs. Yeah. Obviously, me, this a naive farm boy that then became a monk. I mean, what I else? know drugs. Of course he knows drugs. What else was he doing at Tashi Station? I uh, mean, that's what, that's what he went there for, to hang out behind it and smoke up thanks to silent, uh, 
Wait, I can't remember his name. Silent Doug. Silent Doug. <laughs> Thanks yeah. to Silent Doug. Everyone knows Silent Doug. Silent Bob. God damn, that hurt. That hurt. It's, it's something in Silent Bob. Jay? And I wasn't even supposed to be here today. And, and Good Lord, man. I, what happened to me, John? You lost it. You lost what? all of the Kevin Smith movies in the hospital. And let me tell you something. I feel fucking clean. <laughs> it got flushed out of my system. <laughs> I don't remember a single thing about chasing Amy. It's like I never saw it, and that is so great. It's perfect. John, you want to watch Chasing Amy later? <laughs> of course I do. Shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, yeah, that's but that's what Tashi Station was. He would go out there and smoke death sticks. And no, because he's Luke. He would go out there and be like, "I want to fix a speeder." Yeah, someday uh. I'm gonna join the rebellion. <laughs> <laughs> Pass me some more powdered bantha shit. I can get high off that. <laughs> uh so yeah. in star wars jenkum is a kind of bird man <laughs> you can still smoke him though so the door opens up and he sees a woman with like dirty greasy hair in like a fucked up shitty robe and dress that's like patchy and nasty looking but she appears to him to be, like, the concept of young, mm -hmm. where, like, everything is smooth. Yeah, basically she's applying motion point, smoothing. Yeah, to the, the point where it's, like, uncanny valley level smooth. Because, like, you don't have any crow's feet. You don't have, like, a wrinkle on your forehead. Yeah, she looks like Smooth Yoda. Yeah, he's just straight Smooth Yoda opens the door. <laughs> Uh, no, but every time he, like, zeroes in on a part of her body, like, he'll be like, oh, gross, what happened there? But then when he tries again, it's like, it looks great. Well, like, he opens it up and he's like, oh, you're like, you're like if someone wanted the concept of young and didn't quite know how to do it. Yeah. It's like, man, you look like Ursula the Sea Witch. Oh, no, wait, you look like Ursula the Sea Witch when she turns herself into a brunette Ariel. <laughs> okay, I'm up to board. I'm bored. But no, she's, like, hot and blonde, but old and gross and creepy. And, uh, yeah, the way it's described is very good because yeah. every time he's like, oh, and she brushed like natty, gross hair away from her face, which by the way was great. Yeah. And also she's a high breasted. Ah, uh, yes. Same. I'm not sure what high breasted means. Like are her breasts high all the time. Are they just like blazing? They're just mounted on her shoulders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got, I got these shoulder tits. <laughs> Oh uh, man, I, I, I regret to inform you. Actually, you have the bubonic plague. Those are those are buboes. Those aren't boobs. Aww. Oh shoot! <laughs> but yeah, she's high breasted, uh, and then she goes, "Welcome, I am Tiselda of the Knights." <laughs> but I'm sure you knew that. Yeah, and they have a conversation where she talks about how she came, was assigned to come to this planet uh, a long time ago by the Jedi Council. Uh, that her, she was sent down here to uh, stop fights between the old timers and the settlers. Uh, but eventually, she t she accidentally picked a side. Well, yeah, because she's like, oh, back here there were like petty warlords and bullies trying to make it so that they were in charge, and mm -hmm. I freed these people from tyranny, and they loved me so much that they gave me set, a house. They set me up as a ruler. Yeah. So she basically decided to stay on this planet, not least of which because it's hard to leave. Uh, and then Beldorion showed up, and he managed to trick the people into turning against me. I'm going to be really honest here. I'm having a hard time imagining how Beldorion got here, because the gun sh the gun emplacements are older than Beldorion's story is. Yes. And he's fucking enormous. Well, I mean, he's a hut. It's not like 
he can't get down in a ship. I mean, it had to be like a hut-sized ship. After the description of how how, uh, Seti's ship was like already tiny, and then it split into six even tinier things. (laughs) I mean, I don't think his ship was tiny. I think it was just six tiny ships that Voltron together. Yeah, I just... I'm having it. I mean, again, for for reference, Beldorion is like 43 feet long. <laughs> like that's that's they give you a, a a measurement in meters of how big he is. Yeah, he's longer than a whale shark. Now he's been here for like a hundred years, though. It or might some be that he's been getting big. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say it's probably he came here as a young hut mm-hmm. to make his name in a world, and then got hudded. Yeah, that that could that does make sense although he never got fat apparently he's been a skinny oh no he's a, ripped he's a skinny ripped hut which, i mean he's not skinny he's just ripped <laughs> so dude much, he's yoked so much grosser <laughs> he did this john he always skips leg day <laughs> get this though his cum gunners go all the way down <laughs> oh my God. people use them for pinewood derbies <laughs> uh. i favor the left side <laughs> So it, yeah, anyway, yes. he's this big nasty muscle monster. And during this, uh, Tiselda is like, "Oh, here, have some wine." Yeah, gives him wine, which obviously is going to be drugged with some drug that Luke's going to remember from a story that a pilot told him. Because, because fuck if we don't have the exact same experiences between him and Leia for some reason. Uh, but he starts drinking the wine, and then there's like a point where uh, he like looks down at her feet, and he's mm-hmm. like. They're all dirty and long toenails and yellowed and nasty. And then he stops and goes, wait, but when I first met Yoda, I thought he was kind of a nasty little weird dude. Mm -hmm. But he was actually a Jedi Master. And then he looks back at the feet and is like, those are fine. Everything's fine here. Everything's fine. I remember having a huge boner for Yoda's weird little uh, three-claw feet. Three-claw penis. Now that I remember. Also, this, this woman's nasty feet, which pale in comparison to the legend of the nasty feet of one tulk oh man if i could only get <laughs> to Zelda's nasty feet on my face mm-hmm. yeah in the it just as tulk would have done before before me <laughs> had he the means <laughs> i like the idea that that's the legend of tulk at this point because it's been twenty five thousand years oh yeah and the only thing he remembers is the nastiest feet a whip hit ever had <laughs> Yeah, just told like you would about like fucking Paul Bunyan. <laughs> just tall tales of Tolk and his big blue feet. Tolk's stinky feet, <laughs> the stinkiest feet in the West. <laughs> uh, I am sure you're familiar with the story of Tolk's feet versus the steam engine. <laughs> uh, so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, he is getting drugged up and also uh, mind fucked with and. And she spins her little sob story. Uh, Seti Ashgad, when he came down, and along with the help of Beldorion, stripped her of all of her power and accords. uh, Turned the people against her. Yes. And to add insult to injury, stole her lightsaber. So they can't go to Callista because she's like, oh, you're here for Callista. I know that. And I've got her. She's in a cave somewhere, and she's uh, meditating there. But it's dangerous for us to go Without my lightsaber. I need my lightsaber. And you'd think Luke would be like, here, have mine. So let's just go. Come on. Let's do this. Just fucking go. Look, Wait. I've got a lightsaber. Whatever. Who gives a shit? Well, do not make me play Final Fantasy IX. But instead, he's all drugged up and has the mind tricks going. Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. We need your lightsaber. Sure, of course. And you say it's in Seti Ashgat's house in a secret compartment. Very good. I will go there immediately. Good. I'm going to get that for you because I... Adore you. Yeah. 
which is neat. This is a neat thing that's happening. This is basically... It's if, nice to see evil yeah. Jedi nonsense. Yeah, and not only that, but also not uh, uh, introducing a Jedi, not a Sith, a Jedi who's gone all burnout and shitty and... And it's not just a new Radiant Mary Sue character that they introduced in these books? No. The fact that it isn't a Sith, though, is the nice thing. Because you're yeah. just like, oh, no, it's just some Jedi that got stranded here. And over a long period of time has just been like, well, fuck it. I'm going to use my mind tricks on people and set myself up as like a petty gang leader. Yep. Well, Luke leaves, and he's wandering around thinking about how much he likes Tiselda and so on. And, and then he get, he gets hit by the Encyclopedia Brown revelation that... Uh, well, yeah, because... Uh, Tiselda initially says, like, oh, I knew when Callista said your name that, uh, the way she looked in her eyes that you could be trusted, but he gave the name Owen, Owen Lars. Lars. Yeah. And he's like, oh, Callista wouldn't say that I was Owen Lars. That's weird. That means she's lying, but wait, why would she lie? She's amazing. No, wait, hold on. Fuck it. Get it together. I remember a drug. It Sober must be up. that. <laughs> Wait a minute, there's a drug, and it makes you want to be as nice as possible? Mm -hmm. It's basically a drug that's ma that makes you accommodating. Yeah, I think that's normally just called wine. <laughs> so anyway, he got her drunk on, or she got him drunk on wine, and made him think that she's super nice, and, and that he's willing to do quests for her. But the moment he's like, wait a minute, I'm not willing to do quests for you, he, like, goes back to her house and, like, sneaks around the back way, and then finally sees her basically as she is mm -hmm. and is just like this disgusting disheveled old woman eating those drocks yeah she's sticking her hand around under the furniture letting drocks gather up on her arm and then plopping them off her arm and eating them yeah it's not enough for them to just dissolve in her she's got to chew them up with her weird yellow teeth yeah so she's gone straight up bug fuck uh, or I guess buggy. Well, buggy. Yeah. yeah. And and she's like all disheveled and wearing a dirty matted outfit and her toenails are all long and she built the spruce moose. Yeah. I mean, she just goes, she's collected her pee. She's but, just, she's gone, gone crazy. But she, of course, notices Luke up there because they're both forced users. Mm -hmm. And then I guess she sends out the telepathic signal for all of her thralls to go get him. Yeah. Because she just stands there looking at him and eating bugs. And then she starts laughing. And before he knows it, a spear almost hits him, but she didn't throw it. She, he's now being chased by old timers and, yeah. and lots of them. And they've got like clubs and spears and one dude has the world's shittiest blaster. Yeah, really old blasters. They're specifically described as yellow sodium blasters, the old kind. Uh, and so, yeah, he's being chased around by a bunch of people. And, and as Luke always does, it's like it's him easily dodging everything and getting away from everyone and going, I can't do this forever. Yeah, well, the thing is, he's like, oh, but I can't use the force now. Yeah, it'll because cause if a I storm. use the force, it'll murder someone. Yeah, uh, and he doesn't want to murder anyone, not even the people who's chasing him. No, so he runs because he does still have a lightsaber and a blaster, but he's not using it on them. Yeah, so he runs along for a long time, and then he runs into the cops. He runs into a couple of cops. We got a fat human and a Ithorian uh, cop on the planet. Weird that there's an Ithorian cop here, but sure, why not? It's pretty great, honestly. Like, I don't know why an Ithorian would be like, oh, I'm canonically super all about plants forever. Let me go to the one planet that has zero plants. Yeah. And so the two cops are straight up out of central casting, even though one of them is an Ithorian, because they're just like, hey, 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 what's all this then? What's all this then? All right. <laughs> hey, now, no. Hey, don't you throw that spear. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to remember the name of the. Uh, it, it's fallen out of my head, so I'm, I'm flipping through looking. What are you for looking right for? The name of the Ithorian. Oh, it's like 
something lance spindle lancer it's like spandlance or something it's lance at the end of it snap lance snap lance yeah snap lance with a u in there for some reason and the other guy's name is just like grup or something yep uh so grup and snap lance are here mm -hmm. and they're gonna restore order yeah Hey, ain't nothing to see here. Move along. Come on now. Nothing to do. You oh, you put that spear down. Put it, put yeah. it down. That's basically exactly what happens. Like The old timers are, are all like, he's evil. Get him. And they're like, I don't uh, see him doing no evil. Also, I don't think being evil is against the law. So uh, <laughs> does he done anything else? I love that the two of them are vaguely philosophical. Yeah, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern show up to yeah. arrest people. Yeah. They're like, oh, being evil ain't illegal. What specific law is he broken? Uh, and uh, so he manages to disperse them. And Luke is like, hey, uh, well, I got you here. Mm -hmm. You uh, you know anything about this crazy old witch? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, mostly he's just pressing them for more information on Seti Ashgad, because that's kind of where the chapter ends. Well... Uh, basically, he finds out more about Callista. Yeah, because right, they're right. like, "Oh, yeah, someone by that description named Cray mm -hmm. went here, and we were gonna try and save her from these people, but then she showed up like a week later, saying they were her friends." That's right. So yeah. basically, she got brainwashed for about several months, mm -hmm. and then she disappeared into the mountains or something. Yeah, and they're like, "I don't know if she did it of her own volition, or if she was sent there, or she was running away from something, but." She ran off a couple months ago. Yeah. So she's off in the mountains somewhere, and she was briefly entangled with Tiselda, the crazy witch who lives in town that we all just kind of put up with. Yeah, we all just sort of go, eh, well, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, why not? <laughs> I mean, she she definitely helps us control the stray cat population by collecting all of them. <laughs> I mean, also, she's an old-timer town, so, you know, these are newcomer cops that's true so they're just kind of like i uh, don't care what old town people do we don't want to mess with her she's an evil old jedi and she's got a whole throng of people who are on her side she's got a whole bunch of weird old timers that want to hit us with clubs so mostly we just don't give a shit yeah i like grub and snap launce or grup and snap launce yeah. these are great new characters i kind of wish that snap launce had a giant mustache just hanging out the front of his ithorianness <laughs> His Ithorianness. His big old face. Just, so, you know, right in the middle of his hammerhead eyes, just a mustache dangling just down. Just a huge mustache. As if it was just nailed to the front part of his slug bits. Yeah. Just sort of hanging there. Big wooden one. A big wooden mustache. Yeah. Clearly taken from some bar that had a mustache-themed name. <laughs> uh, don't you bring in themed bars or else we're going to get right back to Bones. <laughs> No, this one's this is much more old timey than a bones. He's got some big well, mustache. Well, turns out that uh, on Namchurios, when you got a mustache, that's called your lip bones. <laughs> Come on down to lip bones. No more bones, John. You can't do this to I me. I can do this forever. <laughs> it just says the bitten whiskers on it or something. It's wood burned into a giant mustache that's hanging off the front of this guy. Uh, so there you have it. Uh, that's pretty much where chapter eight ends. Luke gets nothing and learns that Callista moved along a long time ago. Yay. Yeah. And there was that brief moment because she wanted Luke to go to Seti Ashgad's where you're like, oh, maybe this is a point where two of these narratives will converge. Mm -hmm. No, because he immediately is like, oh, that's dumb. Anyway, Callista ran off somewhere else. Time to not do anything with Seti Ashgad. I'll just head to the mountains, I guess. Uh Back where I came from, I tells you. Oh, hold on. This wheel stopped spinning for a second. Let me just... Whoop, there we there. go. <laughs> uh, these wheels aren't stuck in the mud anymore. <laughs> Let me just 
jam that down there and start a spinning. I mean, to be clear, let's let's be let's be giving credit where it's due. Tiselda is a neat character. I I mean, like I said, I really enjoyed this bit of the chapter. It's probably the best in the book we've gotten so far. Yeah, a burnout Jedi is to me it evokes back when I was like a kid and I was playing West End D6 Star Wars. Because the only kinds of Jedi you could play in the core book were a young Jedi hopeful who doesn't really have any powers yet, or an old burnout. Yeah. And and I like when I encounter the old burnouts, which is super rare, because everyone always wants to write young sexy Jedi. Well, yeah, and if you're writing about, like, what is this? Oh, it's one of the Jedi that survived the Purge. It's usually because they're some super weird badass. Yeah, but on, instead on a it's just mission. Yeah, instead it's just, oh, what are you? Oh, I'm a weird, like creepy cat lady i'm basically mrs havisham if she had jedi powers yeah and and she her survival makes perfect sense it wasn't worth vader's time to come down here and murder her no there was no reason for him to be like oh yeah i heard a rumor that maybe there was some weirdo on a planet somewhere that it would be ridiculously difficult to get to and no one gives a shit about yeah so this is this is a neat character to exist you're like vader would be like yeah I, I could probably go to that planet and murder the one jedi i've heard about that's there maybe even also that hut one i've heard is down there but i mean gun emplacements are going to take out a whole bunch of shit and that's going to bring uh, sheev's going to start yelling at me about that yeah i would have to basically just bomb this planet and i don't really care because nothing about this planet matters yeah so it's it, this is a neat character to Zelda, I like, and it's a shame that we're probably not going to see her again. Yeah, I mean, we might, but God, I feel like in the same way that Bortrek showed up and then is gone, it's like, and here's Tiselda, also gone. I'm just introducing things so that I don't have to do the plot. <laughs> Anything to make it so the plot happens in the last four chapters of the book. Look, I don't think you understand. I've read the other expanded universe novels, and I know the format. Yeah. Do nothing. Spend four chapters at the very end wrapping everything up. It's just like writing a mystery novel. You write the ending first, and then also write the beginning first, and then all, then after that, you write eight more chapters of bullshit and stick them in the front. <laughs> it's so bad. I hate everything. <laughs> well, there you have it. That's chapter seven and eight of the of uh, Planet, Planet of Twilight. Twilight, the Phantom Menace. I was going to say, yeah. What the hell, man? Uh, <sighs> rough. Anyway, uh, if you want to hear more Star Wars stuff, and I know you do. I know you do. All you got to do is stop on by our Patreon and support us at the $2 level. Yay! Why wouldn't you want to do that? Help us make our goals. We only have one goal left. I'm planning to add a second one at some point. But right now, the only goal we still have to hit is at 3000 bucks. We get a pig. Get that pig. We don't talk about that pig enough anymore. That's hey, you guys get to name that pig. Yeah, that's what happens. If we hit $3,000 per episode of System Mastery, we got to get a pig, and we got to let you guys name it. And... You're going to get pictures of that pig. You're going to get constant there's pictures gonna, of that pig. There's going to suddenly, overnight, when we hit that, there's going to be a System Mastery Instagram that's all pig pictures. It's just pictures of a pig. We're going to put that pig in booties. Mm -hmm. We're going to put that pig in a raincoat. We're going to put that pig in a flannel shirt. I might put that pig in a blanket. I might put that pig in a top hat. I might put that pig artfully balanced on the side of a cup of beer that he wants to get into. Yeah. You never you know. don't know. We're going to give that pig an entire... Scoop of ice cream. Yeah, that's what's going to have. And a pumpkin. Just a pumpkin. Just a whole pumpkin for and that And he'll pig. fuck it. He'll fuck, <laughs> fuck that, pumpkin. that pumpkin. Or she. I don't know. We haven't really picked the pig's gender yet. No, we don't know. Yeah. It's a 50-50 shot. <laughs> Is it? Wait, do, do pigs have a third gender? <laughs> 
well, also, it's not really a 50-50 shot. We can decide what we want to buy. I guess it's probably Like, if true. we want to go get a sow, we can do that. What is cheaper between between pigs and sows? That's really what it's going to boil down to, doesn't well, it? Well, I don't know. How much is pig milk worth? <laughs> so much. So much pig milk. To pigs. Which, obviously, we're going to open up that business. Well, definitely, once we hit that mark, we're shutting this shit down and opening a pig farm. We're going to sell pig shakes on the roadside. What I'm going to do is I'm going to let this pig out. It's going to find truffles for me. Mm -hmm. Now then, I'm going to get these chicken eggs, turn it into mayo. (laughs) We're going to play Stardew Valley with that pig. (laughs) Yep, we're going to let that pig play Stardew Valley with us. Mm -hmm. So, I'm sorry, I don't know. That was a big tangent. Two bucks an ep- Two bucks. Per episode of System Mastery, on average, it costs you about $4 a month to unlock amazing bonus content where we go to Wikipedia, find the stories that you want to hear, you just didn't know about them or know you wanted to hear them, and we tell them to each other and to you. Indeed we do. And then you can support us at the $5 level as well. Gives you that afterthought. If you want to know what happened in Jeff's amazing week-long journey in the hospital. Uh-huh. And also, if you want to support us at the $5 level, I would really appreciate it. Because let me tell you, I came out he of that hospital. He spent a week in a hospital. <laughs> no, well, that's going to be crazy expensive. But even after I deal with that, my medications cost an insane amount now. Well, yeah, it's because you have to take, like, nine pills a day. That is correct. I take nine pills a day, and all of them do blood pressure. <laughs> yeah, they're like all of them the Donatello of blood pressure. <laughs> One of the pills is crude, but rude or whatever. <laughs> He's rude, but cool. Oh, cool, well, but rude. Well, <laughs> couldn't he be rude, but crude? He could be rude, but crude, but I don't think you'd need a butt there. <laughs> he could be rude and crude. <laughs> I feel like we're describing a new Ninja Turtle. Oh, yeah. The bully one. We're definitely describing a new Ninja Turtle, and his name is Greg. <laughs> He's named after the famous Renaissance artist, Greg. Yeah, Greg. Is this just like how we decide that my name is from the Bible? Silent Greg. You know, Jeff from the Bible. You know, Jeff from the Bible. <laughs> you remember biblical Jeff? You know how no Jeff, except for the ones that are comedians, no Jeff has ever gotten more famous than the shitty roommate in a movie. Uh, well, that's that's what you get named as yeah. if you're the shitty roommate in a movie is, oh, uh, this is just Jeff. This is my roommate, Jeff. And that's- he's in a bathrobe eating cereal. Uh, uh, I'm Jeff. And then he walks by. You're going to get them tits out? Well, all right. Well, I'm going to go play Dance Dance Revolution in my room then. While I'm eating cereal in a bathrobe. It's going to sound like loud, heavy thumping, but there is no chance it's sex. <laughs> I mean, uh, they're sure there are famous and well-off Jeffs. You've got Jeff Goldblum is not a... Well, no, but I'm saying in character a, names. Yes. When naming characters, whether it's the Bible or a movie, Jeff is not the most glamorous thing you can choose. No, you don't, you don't have your big damn hero be like, I'm... Jeff. That's never happened. There are so many Jacks, and there's no... Oh, Jack is the go-to. Yeah, Jack's the standard. There's not a Jeff to be found, and they're so close to each other. I know. What are you going to do? It's that hard consonant. That's true. You gotta have a Jack or a Trent. You saying if my name ended with a K as well, like if it was Jeff? Yeah, if you were Jeff K. (laughs) Obviously. It's it's just one word, John. It's Jeff. Jeff 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 I'm here to kick ass and kick bubblegum and, and kick. I'm here to kick bubblegum and kicks. I'm here to kick bubblegum and chew ass. <laughs> and I'm all out of ass. <laughs> well, I think I'm done. Well, once again, that's patreon.com slash system mastery to unlock the bonus content. Please help me buy medicine. Yeah. So and help thank John you. live. Thank you for joining us. Please allow me my luscious lifestyle keep him in bathrobes and pig masks look i need as much tape as possible to tape my genitals to the side of my leg oh they were your genitals now i thought you just had oh no they're mine oh you i own them okay very good
I'm glad that you're allowed possessions in your situation. <laughs> Master has given Dobby genitals. <laughs> Standing there with a loose heap of stuff. <laughs> just, just a loose heap of genitals. <laughs> He's a chicken vaginas. Ah, <laughs> uh, chicken vaginas. I love those. When they come out sizzling. Oh, that's the best. I think we should stop. That's probably about enough shtick for one day. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I've been Elan Sleesbagiano, and do not try death sticks. Mm-hmm.